You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prepare yourself. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. Welcome to tonight's installment of How Did Remzo Get Injured This Week? Was it falling down the stairs? Was it getting hit by a car? Or was it another jujitsu injury? Well, you're in for one hell of a night because he fell down the stairs and got injured at jujitsu. Guys, uh, welcome back. This is a christmas special that will go down as one of the best christmas specials ever and uh i am currently laying down speaking through my laptop and you're all probably thinking wow this lazy bastard is the the worst podcaster ever i decided to go you know feel the spirit of christmas by being around other people something that some of you are probably afraid to do because of you know the the germ that we will not say and uh, I actually did pretty good. I think each time I come on and talk about it on the show, I'm I'm sucking or I'm getting my ass kicked. And while I, I did get uh, pretty demolished tonight, I gave as good as I got. I actually won a few rounds, which uh, I can't usually say. And the cost of that, though, is the fact that uh, my right kneecap is swollen to the size of a cantaloupe. My back is incredibly injured and it hurts to sit up. So victory has a price. But, you know, the the price of a good time is worth it, don't you think? And we couldn't go ahead and have ourselves a Christmas special without two-thirds of the Degenerate panel. Producing tonight, we've got Mr. Zed. Zed, I never thought that we would have a Muslim producing a Christmas special, but isn't that what makes tonight so special? (laughs) That's the beauty of America, RJ. How are you doing, buddy? Pretty good. It's been a while since we had our last uh, degenerate panel episode, so I'm happy to be back. That's when we found out that uh, Crohn's Crohn's disease can save people from the zombie apocalypse, but zombies don't like people with uh, dyslexia. And speaking of dyslexia, we brought on Sean, who can read, as some of you may have learned recently. He can read and write, and we're going to teach him sign language so he can talk to our future guerrilla overlords. I'm talking about Sean of the Military Industrial Complex. Sean, I feel like before we get started, you and I had a small Christmas adventure before we even thought about doing this episode. Should, should should, Should we talk this through? Because I feel like... I feel like now the tensions are low and the dust has passed. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I think it was an honest mistake because of the place we were at, how they take it so seriously in the state that we were in. So I, uh, I, I was not very much of the Christmas spirit about three weeks ago, about, about a week and a half before Thanksgiving. And, uh, it's all Sean's fault. Anyway, so Sean flew up to Milwaukee, and uh, we hung out for a bit. And one thing he wanted to do – oh, don't throw a fit. You know it was your fault. Well, technically it was – okay. It, blame goes around. Okay, blame goes around. But uh, he's, he's, uh, he's packing up, and he's like, hey, I want to go ahead and bring Kringle back to Virginia for my girlfriend and my mom. So I'm like, okay, dude, I got you covered. Kringle is something that I didn't know existed until I moved here. And it is delicious. And it's basically this Danish pastry that it can be filled of all types of awesome goodness that will make you want to go ahead and run five miles to burn it off afterwards. And typically I could find Gringle everywhere, except when Sean wanted it. So I went ahead and I was thinking, when was the last time that I saw Kringle when I went to go grocery shopping? So the day that he's going to fly out at 3 p.m., I get him to Trader Joe's at like 9 
and we walk around the entire store and I go up to one of the customer service people and I'm like, Hey, where's the Kringle? And she's like, well, you know, it's funny. This is the first time in almost a year we have not had Kringle today. So I'm like, well, shit, that's not really convenient. So there's this place out on the road that takes you in the direction of green Bay and I've passed it and it's an Atlas Obscura location. And it's just kind of weird. It's called the Christmas Kringle shop. It looks, it's a store that celebrates Christmas every day of the year, except Christmas when it's closed. It's kind of odd. You drive by it in June and you're just thinking, I'm not really in the Christmas spirit now, but Hey, it's called the Christmas Kringle shop they should probably freaking have Kringle. The only problem is twofold. One, it's about an hour away. Two, that was the only day in the past month that it was actually snowing. So I'm like, dude, I'm going to get you that Kringle. So we drive an hour through the snow to get to this place, which is kind of creepy because it's off the side of the highway. It's just odd, okay? It's just weird. And uh, we walk in, and it's a bunch of old women, and snow globes and nutcrackers and all the things you would want except freaking Kringle. So we walk in and Sean is like, what if they don't have Kringle here? And I'm like, well, they have to have Kringle here. It's the Christmas Kringle shop. And I go immediately after looking around the place to one of the employees. And I'm like, this is going to sound like a stupid question, but I think I know the answer. Do you guys sell Kringle? And this woman looks at me like I just kicked a child. And she's like, no, no, we don't sell Kringle. And I'm like, well, shit. She's like, but you can go to any grocery store and go get some. So I'm like, crap, we got to head back to Milwaukee. So Sean is just like, how did you not know that they had they didn't have Kringle here? And I'm like, it's called the Christmas Kringle shop and we're in Wisconsin. They should freaking have Kringle. It's false marketing. It's completely their fault. Right, Sean? Yeah. No, I agree. You're in Wisconsin. Kringle's a big thing. Christmas Kringle shop. you got to have at least a small section with like two flavors, at least. At least have it at the, at the cash register. So as people are checking out, they're like, you know what I should get from the Kringle shop? Kringle. So we, uh, we, we go to the gas station across the street, and I'm just cursing up a storm. And I'm just like, you know, like, fuck those people. Like, uh, how dare they do this? They're going to call themselves the Christmas Kringle shop and they're not going to have it. Like I was, I was not happy. So, um, we end up driving all the way back an hour back and now we're getting closer and closer to his flight. And I'm like, crap, I got to get his stuff out of my apartment. I got to drive him to the airport so he can check in in time and everything. But, uh, we, we go to Meyer, which is right across the street from my apartment. And we're like running in because we're like, we got to find this shit. And they've got a pretty large baked goods section. So we look around and we don't see it. And then out of nowhere, I hear Sean, RJ, I found it. And at the far corner of the baked goods section, they have two whole Kringles left. And he's like, should I get the almond one or the strawberry one? I'm just like, just grab both or grab one. Just grab one before somebody else grabs one or both. And uh, that was about $30 of gas, about 200 miles, and uh, four hours. And uh, at the end of the day, we got you the Kringle to take back. And was it good or not? Oh, it was awesome. So the moral Best of raspberry the, Kringle I've had. And the moral of the story is the Christmas Kringle shop off the side of the random highway to Greenway is a lie. And I'll never go there. And I hate those people. Did it ever cross your mind to call them before you made the trip out? Just you to know, see if you know what? I will, I will not be, I will not be corrected publicly. <laughs> well, wait, so is it, is it Santa Claus, his name, like nicknamed Chris Kringle? Okay, so you that's think they not, named the shop not, Christmas Kringle stop, shop out of Santa stop, Claus and I will, the big goods? I will not have this. <laughs> I will not have this. I'm playing devil's advocate here. God, stop I, I will, speaking the truth. This is this is wrong. It's it's a place with Kringle in the name in a state where Kringle is one of the most popular desserts, other than like you know chocolate covered cheese curds or custard or something like that. I I mean it was it was too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Like it's just one of those things where should I have probably gone to the website, made a phone call, you know, 
many possible things could have been done. I could have just gone to the one grocery store to begin with instead of going to Trader Joe's where all the liberals go shopping. But, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was interesting. It was, a, it was a spiritual journey. What lesson did I learn from it? I don't know. But we got the Kringle at the end of the day. <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever worked that hard to grab some of that stuff ever in the state. But it, uh, it worked out. It worked out. I agree. Well, anyway... That that was that. Now we're getting into the festive spirit. Uh, I got to go back home, and we all hung out for a bit before Thanksgiving. And uh, what I love is really what I consider the, uh, the the starting date of when the holidays really start. And like most great holidays, it should start with violence. So last year with COVID, nobody really got to go do anything on uh, Black Friday. And by that, I mean buy overpriced stuff that's just artificially inflated to look like a discount and then fight with strangers over the other stuff. And I saw this video and it just kind of ties everything together. Um, I think I think and I want, I'm going to go down the panel with this one. I think that if more people challenged each other to duels publicly. And I'm not talking like Alexander Hamilton, like with pistol style. I'm talking like, you know, swords, nunchucks, jousting, fisticuffs, whatever. If more people actually just challenged each other to mutual combat, the world would be a better place. Zed, what's your opinion on that? Uh, I think it's a good way to let out aggression and settle a score. I mean, with dueling, it's been a thing for hundreds, maybe thousands of years. So, it, it gets to it. Yeah. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm, I, I think it, I think it should be brought back. What about you, Sean? I agree. I mean, you're, you're talking to the guy that wants to drop bacon in the Middle East to see if that just settles wars, but <laughs> I like your idea better. Just in a white guy from Northern Virginia and sectarian violence. Coming now, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. A statement from Israel. We have bombs everywhere. Well, <laughs> anyway, um, there was one video that caught my eye, and it was of these two gentlemen at Target on Black Friday fighting over one of the last TVs there. Now, I don't understand why they wanted this exact TV, but they obviously felt strongly enough about it to fight over it. What neither of these gentlemen knew was that both of them actively practiced jujitsu. Uh, Zed, can you please hit play? Black Friday at Target Jiu-Jitsu match at checkout, please. Boots catches the front headlock off the snapdown, drives number eight back, lands in beautiful side control. Number eight tries to shrimp to guard. Gracie combatives lesson number 16, settles for half guard instead. Then watch as he sneaks his left hand on the inside of the biceps for punch protection. Boots doesn't like it very much, so watch how he responds. Uses his right knee to peel the punch protection. He gets a little excited in front of the crowd, gets a little top heavy, and look, loses his balance. But instead of falling, he posts out, comes back with a beautiful guillotine attempt at this point. And at this point, he realizes, hey, we can settle this in the gym it's not worth it let's get up and get out of here and uh, they disengage peacefully it's all good except for two critical mistakes watch number eight didn't get up in base that's a deduction on his gracie combatives test number two why are they wasting time at target literally everything they need is at gracielifestyle.com what i love about it are the people just walking by like nothing is happening and they're just letting those guys go ahead and do it. And then at the end when the one dude is like, okay, I give up, they just tap out and then they still fist bump each other. At the end. I think, I think America can learn from these two dudes. If they can settle it like that. I mean, listen, no, no bones were broken. No, you know, no busted eyes. No one was knocked unconscious. It was just, okay, I'm done. And the, the whole thing was resolved. I think it's a very masculine instinct, you know, to just let it out. And they let it out and they're like, all right, I'm good. And we got something in common. Yeah. Now, now they're probably going to start training with each other. I mean, they may have just met each other's best friends at that point. Zed, what's the one time you've ever gotten close to fighting somebody on Black Friday? Uh, to be honest, never. Uh, honestly, out of all the Black Fridays I've been to, uh, I've never, ever seen a fight before. I always see it on the internet. So I'm guessing it's just that 
area and the type of people. Maybe you just put out good vibes. You're a good vibes person, and no one wants to get into fights around you. Well, you know, you buy all the big ticket items everyone wants online, so you don't have to deal with people. There you go. There you go. Sean, you look too excited at the thought of violence. I mean, I've been in one of those where I've, I was literally like just grabbing this box with this uh, control system. I was going to get like Joe like a long time ago. And literally my mom, my mom was like, Sean, let go. I already have the thing in my, my hands. Let's go. Let's go. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I let go. And the lady flings it. Flings in, throws it, and ends up into a into a pile, and some other people are fighting over it at Walmart. So I'm like, okay, man. I, I almost saw two people fight over one of those Ninja air fryers one time. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why they'd want to fight over those either. I don't know why air fryers became so like popular the last couple of years. They especially became popular right before the pandemic. And then during all of that, everyone was just like, look, I can make sourdough bread and look what I can make in my air fryer. I don't well, actually think pressure, that, yeah, pressure I mean, cookers too now pressure cookers and air fryers. It's like, I don't taste the difference. I mean, yeah, it's like, I have to clean up. It's basically a toaster with a hairdryer attached to it. That's all it is. The air fryer. Yeah, that's all it is. It's a toaster with a fan attached to it, so it just blows hot hair. So you got coils like a toaster, right, yeah. on the top and bottom, and you have a fan attached to it, which blows air. So basically, it's blowing hot air into your food. That, that's I, what. I don't understand why people would want to do that versus just use an oven. Or ju- it's or like just a mini fry oven. It's just a mini oven. Yeah, but all houses to- come. All, everywhere a person can live has an oven. Maybe do you want to be healthy and trendy? I don't know. I don't think air fryers are going to be a thing a few years from now. But uh, anyway, that's how I want to start things. Zed, how about you go ahead and give us a lay of the land for the rest of the show, please? All right. So tonight we are going to be talking about our favorite Christmas movies, uh, ranging from Die Hard to, uh, was it, what's that movie, Sean? The Nightmare Before Christmas? Nightmare. Which is, is, I think it's funny because you both listed movies that are controversial for neither being active Christmas movies or just like, you know, counter Christmas movies. Because every year the Die Hard debate happens. Like, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? And then around the same time, people start playing A Nightmare Before Christmas during uh, Halloween. And they're like, it's a Halloween movie. And then you've got other people debating whether or not it's a Christmas movie. So it's uh it's it's interesting both of you picked those to to kind of lead with tonight. Uh Zed, the first one you went ahead and brought up is actually a video talking about the reasons why Die Hard is a Christmas film. Do you actively believe that or do you just like the argument? I actually I actively believe it because of all the Christmas references, quiz, Christmas quotes, Christmas decorations uh, the setting, the the sets, uh, the soundtrack, you know, it's, I mean, if you compare it to other Christmas movies, it's about the same. It's just, this has guns. I mean, just cause it has guns doesn't mean it's not a Christmas movie. It's a very American Christmas. Okay. Let, let's get this out of the way because, uh, over at my other podcast, second brick comics podcast, we had a debate about this amongst the listeners. I'd love to get your opinions. Would, is, would you, would either of you consider, Iron Man 3, a Christmas movie. Uh, it depends on the amount of Christmas references. If someone just says Merry Christmas once and it's just, there's a Christmas scene, it's not a Christmas movie. But if it continually throughout the movie, there's Christmas references, that's how I categorize it as a Christmas movie. So that's a no. Yeah. I'm going to say no. Oh. It, it, it just doesn't have to, like Zed said, I, like everyone's different on how you discriminate, but I think Zed's pretty much on the ball. If it doesn't more than I'd say 60% of the movie involve Christmas scenes and everything, it might as well be in July. Uh, You know, I I feel like I want to argue with you two about that, but I think for now we'll just go ahead and argue about Die Hard. Alrighty. So this video is by the numbers. 
and they basically go through every aspect of the movie and count how many instances something Christmassy shows up, and they compare it to other uh, well-established Christmas movies. So let's go ahead and take a look. Definitive answer, and put the question to bed once and for all. This is Die Hard by the Numbers. We begin with simple visual and dialogue cues, selecting five basic markers that indicate a Christmas film, and we'll see how many Die Hard contains. Cue the pauses of this experiment, they are... Each time I think of Bruce Willis, the idea that he had hair at one point in his life really bothers me. He's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, where he's just kind of like accepting that he's balding. But but here's the question. Like, do you think he looks better with hair or without hair? Because I think he looks cooler without hair. I think like uh, each phase of Bruce Willis had its own charm. Like the partially balding uh, Bruce Willis had its, his own thing going. And then you had the full on bald Bruce Willis. I feel like the partially balding one was more of the, oh, I'm, I'm, the, I'm an everyday guy, but I got, you know, caught in a bad situation and the bald Bruce Willis and Die Hard is like, all right, I'm a hardened badass, you know? Yeah, he's like staring death in the face and eating chalk and nails for breakfast. Yeah. All right, you hit play. Christmas trees, Christmas decorations, Christmas carols, uses of the word Christmas, and other Christmas references. Let's run the film through our advanced AI analysis software, Fanda, and see how it performs. Scanning, scanning, analysis complete. Displaying results. So it's counting Christmas trees right now. Die Hard contains 11 unique Christmas trees, 19 shots of Christmas trees total. So now they're going through Christmas props in the movie. Fifteen unique Christmas decorations or visual references. This is Christmas music. Wait, pause. So, so they just showed some of the opening credits for Die Hard. Die Hard was a book. Yes, it was. Huh? Was it uh, so? So was like the whole series based off just that one book, and that spun off into the film series, or was it like you know each book, each movie was inspired by a different book? So Fox Studios took some liberties. They adapted it from the book. Um, Originally, McLean's character was a guy in his 60s going to visit his daughter at a Christmas party. And um, instead of bank robbers or or instead of like thieves, like they showed in the Die Hard movie, they're actually terrorists. But because of uh, world events in the 80s, they thought that uh, having a movie with terrorists was bad taste. So they basically turned them into thieves. Um, also in the book, uh, McLean's daughter dies. Um, and they thought that'd be too sad for audiences. So they basically. Especially for a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it was never intended to be a Christmas movie. But yeah, so it, they, they took, Fox took liberties on the book. They basically took the concept and changed the characters. Huh. I think I like what they did for the movie better. Yeah, maybe, some, I think it, maybe sometimes adapting things from book to screen is an improvement. Huh. <laughs> so now it's going through Christmas references. Well, the outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. Seven Christmas carols. Twelve if you count Ode to Joy. Wish you a Merry Christmas. It's Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas music. Merry Christmas. I didn't realize they celebrated Christmas in Japan. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Christmas Eve. It was the night before Christmas. It's Christmas, Theo. It's Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas. This is their idea of Christmas. I gotta be here for New Year's. 14 uses of the word Christmas. You're making me feel like Ebenezer Scrooge. No snooping around the house looking for presents. We'll see what Santa and Mommy can do. Ho, ho, ho. 
and four other Christmas references. Analysis complete. Seemingly impressive results, but how do those numbers compare to other Christmas classics? Enter Home Alone, Christopher Columbus's ode to Christmas and stand your ground laws that's a perennial top 10 pick for best Christmas films of all time. Vanda, analyze. Analysis complete. Displaying results. Home Alone. While Home Alone features more decorations and Christmas references, Die Hard out-Christmases it in every other respect. That's easy. Holy crap. Home Alone is as much a home invasion torture film as it is a celebration of the holiday. So how about an undisputed capital C Christmas film, Miracle on 34th Street? Do your thing, Fanda. Displaying results. Miracle on 34th Street. Die Hard smokes this Christmas movie like a dead German cigarette. yippee ki Going purely off of visual and dialogue references to the holiday, Die Hard is undoubtedly a Christmas movie. Okay, like Zed, like I agreed with you before this, but now this is just indisputable. Yeah, I mean the break. people who the people who still deny it are just butthurt that you know Christmas movie can be cool and fun and entertaining. Okay, I'm gonna break this because okay, I love I understand I I before this yes I was 100. percent Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie. I'm a little bit more on board that it is, but I don't think it's one of those like Rudolph, Frosty, or uh, John McClane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so just because it, just because a movie is isn't highly commercialized, it's not a Christmas movie. Ooh. I'm not saying commercialized. I'm just saying it doesn't. It. <laughs> Nowhere does Look, it he's in denial. He's in denial now. I'm, I'm dismantling he's his argument. A, he's throwing a Karen fit. <laughs> Look, he's breaking I'm, I'm, stuff. I'm winning. <laughs> I'm having a BF, a bitch flip. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't show the genuine values of what Christmas is all about. Oh, bitch, be quiet. It shows the importance of a husband and wife being together through all the odds, including hostage crises. It shows the true meaning of Christmas through family, which John McClane is trying to get everyone back to their family. It is more Christmas than a freaking deformed reindeer who's used as slave labor and then gets sent to an island of outcasts that nobody freaking likes because we really don't like disabled people. So you could take that Rudolph shit and just toss it in the corner because Die Hard is as Christmas as it gets. You're a fucking Scrooge. <laughs> and? Asshole. Did I flinch? Why Why is the Scrooge movie a Christmas movie? It's just a movie about a guy being an asshole, which yeah, happens he, to be take place during Christmas. Yeah, he mentions Christmas twice. At the beginning, when he's like, I hate Christmas. And then at the end, where he pays some poor random kid to go buy him a stuffed goose... So he could go feed the family of the guy he was literally about to fire. There's literally more Christmas messaging in Die Hard than there is in Scrooge, in Rudolph. I mean, you name another movie. I'll even say the Polar Express. What the, what, what the what hell does the train have to do with any of that? At least we see presents in this one. They don't get to presents in the Polar Express until 90 minutes into the movie. What? Like, in those scores... How many of those movies had genuine Christmas values? You, you didn't? I literally just listed <laughs> off genuine Christmas values. Are you deaf or dyslexic? Because you can't be both. He's in denial. He's, he, he's just, he, I don't know. He, he just can't comprehend the fact that we proved him wrong. I'm, I'm 50-50 on this. Actually, I'm 51-49 that it's not a Christmas movie. No, it's either it is or it isn't. Stop. Everyone has, people have to stop being so part, like partisan, you know what I mean? Like on issues like this. You're dividing America, Sean. (laughs) Okay, fine. If I had to choose between the United States and Russia, and if Die Hard's a Christmas movie or not, fuck, I'm choosing the United States. Fuck it. I'm choosing Die Hard. It's not a, no, Die Hard is a Christmas movie then. Fuck it. All righty. He wow. he drops the mic. Well, all right. Well, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Thank you, Zed, for finally solving that for all humanity. Uh, have what's you heard the, of this uh, Mel Gibson Christmas movie that came out last year called Fat Man? No, but you gave me like a ten-second synopsis, and now I need to go watch that after this. 
Yeah, so I haven't seen this movie, but from looking at the trailer we're about to watch, it's basically about Mel Gibson, who's Santa Claus, who's basically uh, nearing retirement. And it turns out that Santa Claus actually works for the U.S. government, and the U.S. government has him do like special logistical missions and shit over the past decades. And there's this one kid who gets coal for Christmas. And so he's like, oh, my God, how dare Santa Claus give me coal? So the kid hires a hitman to take out Santa Claus at the North Pole. And so basically the movie's about this hitman and Santa Claus going at it at each other with like full auto weaponry and explosives. Okay. Die Hard is more Christmas than this at this point. This is just like murder porn. But please hit play. Oh, it's a Saban film. I've lost my influence. Maybe it's time I retired the coat. You still have it. Some kids with a deer rifle put two holes in the sleigh, one in me. All I have is a loathing for a world that's forgotten. The United States military would like to procure your services. This is a one-time deal, gentlemen. How are you, Mike? Nicole and the kids are well, I hope. Where are you? I'd like you to kill Santa Claus. I'm looking for the fat man. You can't be serious. This is what people actually think of me. Christmas is a farce. I am a joke. What's the purpose of your visit? Hunting. I'm going to kill some things. There is a rising number of our youth making poor decisions. Big man's head. Severed heads rot, they mold. They don't want his beard. I'm not shaving off a dead man's beard. Your workers sure have healthy appetites. That's why elves live much longer than humans. And Chris, he does the same. <laughs> no, it's a giving that keeps him young. I've come for your head, fat man! Dashing through the snow. You're the first? Think I got this job because I'm fat and jolly? Like it wasn't Blitzer should tear your package clean off. Man, I wonder why this movie wasn't more controversial because the left would go ahead and say it glorifies gun violence, and the right would be like, Why is Mrs. Claus black? <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> wait, wait, she was black? Who do you think that was? Oh, it's probably someone's mom who they caught kissing Santa Claus. Santa Claus is a player. You know what they say, Santa. Once you go black, you don't go back. (laughs) I freaking love Mel Gibson. Why doesn't he do more movies these days? I think he got canceled, didn't he? Oh yeah, he got he got canceled before cancel was a term. It's because he got drunk on the phone and yelled at his daughter, and then he said some not-so-nice things about the Jews. I can understand that. I mean, Alec Baldwin said that guns don't kill people, so if Alec Baldwin can literally say he doesn't feel bad for accidentally committing murder, I think we could go ahead and continue to say Mel Gibson is a good guy. You know... 
looking at that movie, it says it's made by Saban Films. I'm guessing Nicolas Cage wasn't available for this one, so they had to get Mel Gibson. Wouldn't it be hilarious if Nicolas Cage couldn't do this because he was filming Willy's Wonderland, which is available on Hulu now. So for those of you that have not seen that movie, I'm going to go ahead and also say that Willy's Wonderland is an honorary Christmas film. Why? Because. Well, you know, if they had a bigger budget, I think um, they could have gotten Nick Cage, both Nick Cage and Mel Gibson. Nick Cage could have been the assassin and Mel Gibson could have been Santa Claus. Imagine how awesome that'd be. Oh, who do you root for? I know. That's so hard. Oh, my gosh. You see, seeing how they can make a violent film with Santa... Sean, how are you not more convinced that Die Hard is a Christmas film? Zed and I aren't going to let you up on this. I I just think it needs more of that, like, Christmas. Wow, you're making bitch noises. Okay, Zed, move on to the next one, please. Well, I have a... I have a one more thing to add. Wasn't there a movie called Bad Santa or something? It was just like this really cheesy knockoff horror movie in the eighties where it was basically Santa Claus going around killing hookers or something. Um so so Bad Bad Santa has um Angelina Jolie's ex husband, Billy Bob Thornton. The one you're thinking of, I know what you're thinking of. It was like a direct to DVD movie. That was yeah, like was super like, cheesy where yeah. where he's like killing pimps and drug dealers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about, but I don't think it's bad Santa. Man, could you imagine if Santa were a real person and he was like, oh, sorry, kids. I just ruined that for you. Um, could you imagine he's seeing us make like all these movies about him? Huh. They think I'm killing hookers. Ah. They're all getting shit this year. Ho, ho, ho. All right, Zed, what's the next one? All right. How many of you have seen the classic called Trading Places? I I realized just today I've never actually watched this film. I know what it's about. I've seen like the, the best scenes and stuff, but I've never actually watched it from start to finish. Yeah, so basically Trading Places uh, is about uh, a guy who's a big stockbroker. Um, his name, he, he's played by Dan Aykroyd. And uh, you have a homeless guy who's played by Eddie Murphy. And so basically these two old men who run this hedge fund basically like to place bets on basically everything and anything. So they, they have a bet. They're like, hey, who do you think would be a better stockbroker or who who do you think would make us the you know who, who like who, who do you think would excel in their situation given the circumstance so let's take the stockbroker and put him in the homeless man's position and let's take this homeless man and let's put him in the stockbroker's position and let's see who does better um and basically they trade places and uh it's a comedy from the 80s with a lot of slapstick humor a lot of witty humor and a lot of humor that wouldn't fly into today's society, as we will see in this train scene. Um, In this train scene, they're basically trying to steal this briefcase full of uh, orange juice futures. Uh, Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy's character uh, end up teaming up together. So they're trying to steal this briefcase from this dude. So they got to disguise themselves as different characters so they don't get basically caught and uh yeah to basically see for yourself how it goes oh man merry new year happy new year in this country we say happy new year <laughs> thank you for correcting my english with stints i am nanja ibuko exchange student from cameroon <laughs> oh my god. Wow, this is like me on an airplane. <laughs> 
jerky time. You want some beef jerky? Oh, please. There's plenty, you know. Happy New Year! There's a preacher oh, that comes in. Happy New Year, son. And a Happy New Year to you, too. Could, could I offer either of you two gentlemen a, a wee jolt of Irish whiskey to usher in the New Year? Not for me, pal. I do not drink. It is against my religion. I always say religion is a fine thing. Take it in moderation. Beef jerky? Oh, no, son, thank you very much. No, it gives me the wind, something terrible. Oh. We are moving, we are moving. So there's a Christmas, there's a New Year's party happening on the train and everyone's dressed up like different characters. So that's the context. How have I not watched this movie before? I made bad decisions in my life. Uh, coming by China, join the party. Let me see now, you would be from uh, Austria, am I right? No, I am Inga from Sweden. Sweden? But you're wearing later hosen. Yeah, for sure, from Sweden. Please do help me with my rucksack. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> that's the girl from the Halloween movies, right? Oh my god, that's Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Holy crap, Jamie Lee Curtis used to be hot. They stole the briefcase. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. That's sexist. It should say females in transvestites. Shot, please. <laughs> oh my boss. It's Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd from Ghostbusters wore blackface. Oh my yeah. gosh. He could be the governor of Virginia. He's Lionel Joseph. from Cameroon. Do you remember me? It's Lionel Joseph. Lionel from the African Education Conference, right? This is when Blackface was cool. Director of cultural events at the Highly Pavilion. I remember the pavilion. We had big fun there. Oh my god. He's smoking a blunt. You will have a picnic, yeah? Yeah. You will help me get my rucksack down for the Swedish meatballs? I Remember the one we did? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Tell me that if that man walked up right next to you, you could tell that man is white. Oh, without a doubt. Zed, do you believe him? Yeah. I mean, it's very poorly done, but I think that's the comedy aspect of this movie. Oh, man. I love the 80s. Holy shit, he has a gun. Winthorpe. This one's empty. I'll rip out your eyes and piss on your brain. You got it. Oh man, that's a Christmas movie. Uh, yeah it it takes place during Christmas. Uh, I don't know if it's as Christmassy as Iron Man Three. It's Iron Man Three tier. It, there's <laughs> it, it 
it happens during the holidays. Uh, thoughts on that scene? Uh, would you want to watch this movie? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Probably after Fat Man, though. <laughs> uh, there's another scene where basically Dan Aykroyd gets kicked out, uh, basically out of his house. They, the bank seizes his assets and everything because basically the hedge fund guys frame him into basically stealing money. So he gets fired, put on the street, and uh, he's a homeless guy now. And the homeless guy is has his job now, basically. Oh, man, he could be an employee at Enron. So, um, yeah, he has to resort to crime in order to uh, basically uh, clear his name and survive. Uh, so this is him infiltrating a Christmas party in a Santa costume. Oh, he's what doing what the cops did to OJ. He's planting Randall, drugs. Mortimer, come in here quickly. I finally caught him. Who are you? I've caught him red-handed. Winthorpe, is that you? I'm making a citizen's arrest. This man is a drug dealer. Look. Look here in his office drawer. He's got all the bad drugs here. Marijuana joints, pills, quaalude, valium, yellow ones, red ones, cocaine grinder, drug needles. He's the pusher, not me. Really, I just came in and caught this man planting this stuff in my desk. It's obviously some primitive attempt to try to frame me. Frame you? Boy, if that isn't the pot calling the kettle black. This man's obviously a lunatic. I'm calling security. Put that phone down. Hello, security. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Try to rob me. Plant drugs on me. You steal my house, my car, my job. You know, I ought to kill him right now. Hey, look, man, this is a big misunderstanding, all right? I don't know nothing about your house and your car and your job, really. Could you put that gun away? Were you asked to do? Put that gun away at once, Winthorpe. You lost your mind. Freeze, slime ball. Whoa. I realize this whole experience. Uh, must have been rather unsettling for you. Wait talk, don't leave. We can explain. Yeah. You'll be sorry. <laughs> You'll all be very, very sorry. I miss Eddie Murphy. He doesn't do shit anymore. You know, uh, Dan Aykroyd kind of looks like Steven Crowder. A young, a young Dan Aykroyd does look like yeah, Steven yeah. Crowder. Yeah. I, I feel like Steven Crowder should do a skit off of trading places and just impose his face onto Dan Aykroyd's character. And you absolutely know he would, you absolutely know he would do blackface too. Still. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. What what's uh what's up next? South Park. Okay, so um I I used to watch all the basic stuff. Uh, uh Here Comes Santa Claus, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. I, I start off like before I watch any Christmas movie intentionally, I always start off with Home Alone. Home Alone is actually my favorite Christmas movie. But there's a South Park Christmas special I remember watching in 2006. I was about 11 or 12 years old. I was living in Texas at the time. And my dad was in Iraq. And my mom put, allowed me to get a TV for my room. And I had cable. So like late at night, like midnight on a Thursday, it was a school night. I remember watching the first South Park marathon I could get my hands on, uh, watching it on a Comedy Central, and they were showing one of the many amazing South Park Christmas specials. Now, this definitely shows you um, how long South Park has been around, because I remember watching this, and this was when South Park was considered controversial instead of simply being a mirror of our times. It's when Santa gets shot down over Baghdad, Iraq. Zed, please hit play. Dear. This is Santa's Flight Control Center. From here, we can monitor Santa from satellite as he travels the globe delivering presents. Wow, cool! Hey, it looks like Santa's already made it to Baghdad. Ho, ho, ho! Merry 
Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas to all. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'm hit! I'm hit! Slow's hit! I repeat, Slow's hit! That's the back door! Yeah, that's the time it comes! Hold on! The sleigh is going down! Slow's going down! I repeat, Slow's going down! Hang on, Santa! Slay one is going down! He is going down! We got a red slow down. We got a red slow down. The, the way to slay is coming down. If you like, if you take the Black Hawk Dan movie and then the slay, they're going in the same like trajectory as well. I think they did that intentionally. Slay one. This is North Pole. Oh, pause. Red slay one. This is North. You see, children, this is right around the time that we all still thought that George Bush didn't lie our way into Iraq. <laughs> North Pole. Mr. Kringle? Jesus Christ! They killed him! No. Santa Claus can't be Teddy. He can't. Why would Iraqis do that? Why? It certainly doesn't what? seem very Christmasy of them. North Pole. This is Santa. Santa! Are you alright? What is your status? Slays down. <laughs> Reindeer. All dead. Both Santa's legs are broken. Santa's very sad. Santa will have to... Oh, no. They're coming for me. Stay back, you bastards! Stay back! <coughs> oh, no. Well, what do you know I'm sitting there for? You have to go rescue him. What the hell are we supposed to do? We're like nine inches tall. But now I'm never going to get my hypo-robot done. Is that what this is all about? You came up with this whole idea so you could get a stupid toy? It's not stupid. It's a toy that you can starve. If you don't feed it, it dies. It's so cool. Well, good going, asshole. Thanks to you, there's not going to be any Christmas, and there's no one left to help us. Oh, Christ. Jesus. <laughs> hey, that's right. Jesus can save anybody. Follow me. You can take Santa's backup slow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it, it gets worse because... They actually show a torture scene where, like, um, Saddam's Republican army is, like, shocking his testicles with, like, a car battery. And then there's another one where Santa picks up an AK and he starts going John McClane die hard on all of them. And it's just I, – I remember watching that as a kid and I'm like, this is the most hardcore thing I've ever seen in my life. And uh, it's still it, – it speaks to that 11-year-old boy inside of me. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. Uh, South Park is always good, and uh, I like how they don't hold back. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, the last one that I've got for here is this weird, like, B-rated movie. I remember seeing um, like ten years ago. It, okay, so you know how before there was like Netflix and everything else. If you wanted to go ahead and watch a movie. Um, that you had to pay for one. Yeah. Yeah. Almost exclusively had to pay for it through cable, but it was on demand and on demand had all the movies that were like just leaving theaters before they could actually like become DVDs and everything. I remember on demand selections always had like these really obscure art house films and indie films that like could never get anywhere. So you're looking for like a good movie and you're just filled with like 90% shit. And this film, I guess, I don't think it was a Comedy Central film because it was on demand, but it's called Hebrew Hammer. And Hebrew Hammer basically stars Andy Dick and a handful of other like late 90, early 2000s celebrities who we just really don't remember. And the Hebrew Hammer is basically a Jewish detective who has to solve the murder of Santa Claus by his son, Andy Dick, who wants to basically kill all the Jews. 
So it's a it's a pretty you know stupid film with with Andy Dick, but it's uh it's got I guess it I, I don't it's not a Hanukkah movie because they don't make Hanukkah movies. But if there was a Hanukkah movie, I think it would be this. But it also is a Christmas movie, despite the fact that Santa's killed by his son and he's a bad guy, the, the new Santa, because he killed the old Santa. So this is just one of those scenes that just kind of shows you sometimes you just got to buy the movie and watch it all the way through and just admit, yeah, stuff like this exists. Oh, so the, the Hebrew hammer has walked into a Nazi bar. cause of germ transmission in the continental United States. Just a FYI. We usually don't serve your kind, but since you had the balls to walk in here, tight. I'll pour you one more drink before we lynch you. Sounds good. You know what? Let me get the black label. guys take shekels just got back from a trip to israel all i got is a fistful of shekels Fifty-seven thirty-three. that was a pretty good year for me Damn, brother, you kicking ass. Taking a page out of Sweetback's book. Mm-hmm. They bled your mama, they bled your papa, but they won't bleed you. That's it. Right on, man. interesting yeah he's supposed to be like the jewish john wick but jewish anyway it counts as a christmas movie as much as iron man 3 at least well i think we're at the uh at the end of it guys anything else you want to cover well what about my thing oh yeah 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 you chose the least christmasy halloween film or the least halloweeny Christmas film of all time. And, and we're, we're not pulling up a clip for this, but we do have to have a conversation because, Sean, we're, we're deeply disappointed in you. You don't think that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, but you think that Nightmare Before Christmas is? A Nightmare Before Christmas is a Halloween movie, Sean. That is abs. You are putting words in my mouth, sir. I agree that it is a Halloween movie. And Die Hard, again, Zed's making me draw the line between... United States and Russia, and then Die Hard, not a Christmas movie, with a Christmas movie. So I'm going to say it's Christmas. Zed is giving you so much side eye, I can feel it over here. Okay, here, here's, here's Sean. Do I need to show the text messages he's sending me? Okay, okay. So let, let's answer this. Can a film dedicated to one holiday also be dedicated to another holiday? So can a nightmare before Christmas be both a Halloween movie and a Christmas movie. I want to say no, 
because ultimately Jack Skeleton comes back and kills the fact that he doesn't like Christmas. So I say it's Halloween. I like how it brings Christmas in, but Santa almost got almost got raped by the boogeyman. Yeah, but Iron Man saves Christmas from fake terrorists. But you're saying that Iron Man 3 is not a Christmas movie? But this is? <laughs> it's not. Because it doesn't take... It does take... Iron Man 3 starts with Tony getting Pepper a Christmas present. Then it moves on to them turning into a snowy wonderland where he goes ahead and falls into some random Midwest town. And he basically becomes this kid's like surrogate father harley the kid we'd never see again until avengers endgame at tony's funeral so they're talking about christmas there's christmas decorations everywhere and the last big fight scene which is on that oil rig where they've gone ahead and kidnapped the president there's a giant christmas tree there and then it ends up with christmas fireworks which i i don't think christmas fireworks are necessarily a thing that everyone does but it's christmasy because they blow up in red and green which are christmas colors no, I, I'm I'm gonna bring uh, my guest speaker said it because it doesn't just end in Christmas doesn't hit all those criteria. Okay, we we got we gotta solve this shit. Zeki, go YouTube real fast. Okay. Some somebody has to have done this. Is Iron Man three a Christmas movie? Yeah, I'm gonna literally type this in Twitter, and if I find a shitload more that it's not. Well, why would you trust the opinion of Twitter? That, I mean, Sean, that's like saying you trust the opinion of Wikipedia or MSNBC. Okay, there's... Here, is Iron Man 3 a Christmas movie? Uh, I, I mean, this has... Well, this go, has go, go number two. Mark 42, autonomous freehand self-propulsion suit test. Well, let's go to the second one. Yeah, that one. This is a Christmas movie. That's a 13 minute really long. To me. Oh, yeah. That's not happening. Video. Oh, wait. Uh, do, that, do that clip right there. Uh, Mer- Merry Christmas, buddy. You're gonna? Yep. What do I do? Stay on my six, cover high end. Uh, scroll half. High back. All right. <laughs> Okay, see? He's got all those armor. He's basically Santa Claus and all the all the armored suits are his elves. Uh, I'm not saying okay, it, RJ. Yeah, no, this this is just nah, this whole thing. It's it's like uh, saying, like I said prior, it's like if the movie just has one scene where there's a Christmas tree and so it says Merry Christmas. That doesn't necessarily You're trying to tell me. An orange is an apple. Okay, listen, I'm willing to admit now that Iron Man 3 is not a Christmas film. I'm not even going to deny it. I, 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 I now understand that I've been wrong. But you also have... the criteria. It has to fit, like, you know, does it have the references? Does it have the Christmas carols? Does it have the props? Does it have the dialogues? You know. So in that case, we have to admit that Die Hard is the most Christmas of all Christmas films. The numbers say so. Yeah, Sean, you can't keep you, you, you can't keep like, you know, dragging your feet on this one. I admit it, I was wrong about Iron Man 3. You have to admit that you're wrong about Die Hard. Okay, like I said, I was on before this and before they showed that video. I agree it's a Christmas film, but I wouldn't say it's number one. Okay, that's fair. Zed, I think that's fair, right? Yeah, uh, it, all all it need all it deserves is the the recognition of a Christmas movie. It doesn't have to be number yeah. one. Yeah, like it, it, you put it in the categories at Halloween, Easter, blah blah. It, it's in Christmas. It's in I, Christmas. I mean, they even made a book, a diehard book for kids on for Christmas. Like they yeah. even published that. Is so that, cool. So. They did. Yeah, have you seen? Let me let me pull it up on screen. Uh, Amazon. Jeff Bezos is the real Santa. 
diehard book Christmas. Yeah. Holy a shit. An illustrated holiday classic. It's a oh hard movie. Oh, this is my uncle's house. See? This looks very familiar. A Die Hard may be the greatest Christmas movie of all time, and now you can enjoy a timeless tale in this whimsical storybook for adults. Join John McClane, Hans Gruber, and Sergeant Powell and all of your favorites in this delightfully illustrated tale of a high-rise adventure and holiday spirit. Oh, if my they gosh. published a book saying it's a Christmas movie. I have to buy this book now. Twas the night before Christmas and up in the tower, everyone's partying except one wallflower. John McClane missed his wife. Things weren't the same since Holly had moved west and changed her last name. He tried to win her back, but still she said no. Well, unbeknownst to them, there was trouble below. A truck had pulled up and who should disembark but 14 men whose intentions were dark. They spoke not a word and unloaded big crates. They cut phone lines and locked all the gates. Carl swept the ground floor, <laughs> shooting every guard dead, while visions of bearer bonds danced in his head. <laughs> John took his shoes off, making fists with his toes. It actually worked. Well, what do you know? When the, out in the lobby there arose such a clatter, he sprung to the door to see what's the matter. When what his wondering eyes should appear, holy crap, they're terrorists. <laughs> John hid under the table where no one could see, and he watched Hans question Mr. Takagi. I'm going to count to three. There will not be a four. Give me the codes and open the vault door. Oh, my gosh. I have to buy this. Eight ninety nine. Zed, Zed, I think you just made the best case for this ever being a Christmas film. Hey, they have to get those licensed by Fox. So Fox says it's a Christmas. If Fox licenses a book that says Die Hard Christmas. It's it's totally, it's so perfect. It's so perfect. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much. This has been a Christmas special to remember in which Sean finally had to admit that Die Hard is a Christmas film. Oh, roll your eyes all you want. Well, Zed, thank you so much for producing tonight. Uh, Sean, please don't cry yourself to sleep as you admit you were wrong in audio. And folks, please be kind to each other. Hug a homeless man. Go ahead and call your liberal aunt who's afraid that you'll kill her because of an airborne germ. And uh, let's all just be a little bit cooler to each other this year. As always, I'm Remsa W. Martinez. Be safe, be good, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.